You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is hour number two of The Rob Carson Show, the first hour, in case you missed it. Pretty epic. Talked about the plea deal that Hunter Biden was expected to be, uh, to, uh, Agreed to in the Delaware court being thrown out this morning. Apparently a new plea deal is being arranged that would uh, allow uh, not, uh, well, Hunter Biden could be persecuted for, uh, prosecuted. He's never been persecuted. He's prosecuted. Donald Trump is persecuted, but uh, prosecuted for other crimes. And uh, that's uh, no bueno. No bueno, apparently. The new deal does not protect Hunter Biden from the ongoing investigation, according to Newsmax this morning. So uh, if you want to watch Newsmax, I would recommend it because they're way out in front on stories like this. Uh, I, of course, uh, do a show on Newsmax, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World, which is uh, wildly popular. And uh, you should download the Newsmax app on your phone. That way, as these stories break, because literally, check this out, I'm watching Newsmax right here in the studio. I keep a live feed going just because... Newsmax is so ahead of the curve breaking news. So when you're driving around or whatever and you're not listening to my show, <laughs> you can stream Newsmax. Stream it in your car. I, I connect my phone, you know, with the with the car, and I play Newsmax Audio, the app on my car uh, sound system. I even do it at the gym. I listen to Newsmax at the gym. There you go. All right. Uh, a couple of things before we dive into the next topic, which, of course, is... Um, the middle class and how ungodly difficult it is to be a member of the middle class right now, how expensive it is to live. And Robert Kennedy Jr. last night said some things with Sean Hannity I, I found were um, pretty uh, outstanding. I, I'm, I would not vote for him for president. I really don't want him on a ticket with Donald Trump. But he is the cure for the Democrat Party. Unless the Democrat Party continues and wants to continue its path into absolute hell which it appears they want to do. So that's uh, coming up. 18% of young adults, 29% of Democrats, are extremely proud to be American. Not a big surprise. Gallup poll released yesterday, 29% of Democrats expressed extreme, extreme pride in being an American, compared to 60% of Republicans. The uh, gap has been uh, particularly pronounced since 2018, with more than twice as many Republicans as Democrats saying they were extremely proud. They should be proud. You got what you want, Democrats. You got to, this old Uncle Joe in the White House wrecking the country. Southern borders open. Our military's weaker. Uh, our economy sucks. Uh, you're spending a lot of money on infrastructure and not seeing anything built. You should love it, Democrats. You should love Joe Biden. You should feel so patriotic. But you're not. 18% of uh, uh, kids 18 to 34 say they're uh, extremely proud to be American. Not a surprise because they indoctrinated school to hate the, to hate the country. 35, 39% of uh, American adults are extremely proud. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have to divide my vote on this one. I'm extremely proud that I was born in America. I'm extremely proud and grateful to have been born here. I am proud of the founders of this country. I am proud of those people who have defended the founding principles with their lives and their blood and their treasure. But I am not proud of this iteration of the federal government, not one little bit. I am ashamed of them. 
I'm ashamed of the DHS for trying to censor our speech completely. I am ashamed of the DOJ and the FBI for censoring free speech and interrupting elections. I am ashamed of the border, the DHS, the CDC, the HHS, the DHS, the FBI, the DOJ, the President of the United States and his family. I'm ashamed of them. But I'm proud of my country. Oh, and, and uh, you know, maybe for the judge in Delaware to continue, consider, Joe Biden allegedly interacted with his son's business clients more than 200 times. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the, no, he's never had done business with his son, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But apparently uh, Joe Biden is being vehemently de- denying he ever was talking business with his son. But it turns out he has actually been in contact. Uh, he, his, his father was in contact with foreign businessmen and, and potential investors at least 24 times. And uh, according to uh, the New York Post, or no, no, the Washington Post, such meetings were either in person or speakerphone with Hunter Biden often dialing Joe. Beyond the meetings, there were more than 180 other episodes where the president interacted with his son's business partners. Contrary to his campaign claims of absolute separation, this is the the wheels coming off. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh, Joe Biden met with the Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business partners at uh, at uh, Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. I, I, I actually had dinner at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C., where I was promised something by a broadcast executive that ended up being a lie. That happened a lot before I got hired by Newsmax. That said... <laughs> They were all there, and apparently uh, 200 times. Visitor logs show that Hunter Biden's business associates, listen to this, visited the White House at least 80 times while Joe Biden was the vice president. And then, of course, there were 100 events at the vice There's no evidence at all of Biden family corruption. It's just, it would be laughable. Oh, and then there's this. Hillary Clinton is blaming Trump supporters for summer heat. On Tuesday, the twice-failed presidential candidate uh, and also wife, uh, ex-wife of Satan um, responded to a tweet from the Center for American Progress, a leftist think tank, then blamed MAGA Republicans for hot summer weather. Uh, it said such Americans are pouring fuel on the climate crisis fire. Hot enough for you? Thank a mega Republican, or better yet, vote them out of office. Uh, the strange thing is um, that uh, this is also known as summer in the Northern Hemisphere, and hot weather is normal. Well, thank you, Rosa. What's the weather normal. like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Hot up hot. Hot down, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting good. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Hey. Feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to. And here is uh, Chuck Schumer, and they're talking about climate because it's a 90-degree day. And look, we thank everyone for coming out here. The importance of climate is shown on a 90-degree day. Which happens in Washington, D.C. every summer for as long as we've been around. So there's that. Yeah. Blame MAGA Republicans. Now, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but... Um, MAGA Republicans have only existed about eight years. 
and uh, she's saying that we are responsible for the extreme uh, ways that the climate has changed, which it hasn't, by the way. It's just a, it's a warm summer. Uh, that's why Martha Reeves and the Vandellas came up with a song in the 1960s called Heat Wave. And that's why uh, Love and Spoonful came up with a song called Summer in the City. And that's why Sly and the Family Stone wrote Hot Fun in the Summertime. Because see, I'm a music jo- I used to be a music jock, so I know these things. I could go on and on with song titles. But um, sit down. I t- stop. Sit down. I'm talking to Democrats right now. Summers are frequently hot. I know. I know. Yeah. So uh, the New York Times is saying she's trying to politicize weather events. Oh, my God. The New York Times said that. That's fantastic. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Without climate change, July summer heat in the U.S. would be virtually impossible. Uh, The climate scientist Ryan Mao pointed out. Uh, Mao mocked on Tuesday. I guess that's true if you're if you memory hole 1925, 1930s, the 1950s, 1980, 1985, 1990, 1995, 2012, 2020, and the rest of the almanac. The Dust Bowl of the 1930s and 1980 stand out as so exceptionally hot many decades ago that no one would say without laughing that the recent July in Texas was unprecedented. I guess politicizing the weather means we have to suspend disbelief to erase the past. And that's what Democrats are doing. That's what they did with the that's what they did with the statues and everything until Donald Trump said, if you tear down another statue on federal property, you're gonna go to jail for ten years. And that's what Democrats are trying to do with slave history now. They're trying to paint it so uh, that African Americans who were enslaved did nothing but involuntary servitude. They did nothing to improve the world. They did nothing to better their own lives in the bonds of involuntary servitude. And I'll get to that. I got some remarkable audio from this Dr. William Allen about Kamala Harris mouthing off about uh, uh, this uh, curricula in Florida that says slaves learned skills while they were slaves. Which is indisputable. Indisputable. You, you got a couple things you could do on the planet. You can realize where you are and do something. And that's what slaves did. They made the best of their situation. It was awful. It was a, the generations of people lived in involuntary servitude, had their children and their families sold off. In, I mean, inexcusable. But those people, if you just say all they did was serve their masters or pick cotton or do whatever they did, you're missing and you're cheapening their lives. And I'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk about the middle class. Middle class, because it's kind of of interesting. A majority of voters despair at Biden's bad economic policies. Now, you know the president is out promoting Bidenomics, which is a a punchline. It's like, uh, you know, Kleenex. You know, Bidenomics are associated with a really bad management of the economy. And Kleenex is, uh, you know, for wiping your nose and other things. So anyway, a July Harvard Caps Harris poll says that uh, uh, all uh, 57% think Biden is not leading the country in the right economic direction with inflationary pressures hitting everyone across the board. I agree. Every time I go to Walmart, buy my groceries. I go, wow, chicken breasts used to be $1.87. Now they're on sale for 3 bucks a pound. That's a 50% increase. 
inflation. I, I used to fill my car for $34. It went up to $94, and now it's like 57 to 65 so there's that. Inflation remains the elephant in the room. You can't talk, uh, you, and you can't talk Americans out of their negative feelings about the economy. That's Mark Penn, the co-director of the Harvard Caps Harvard uh, Harris Poll. Fifty-seven percent think Biden's pursuing bad economic policies. Fifty-six percent think Republicans in Congress understand Americans' economic problems better than Biden. Seventy-six percent of voters say inflation has impacted them and their families' finances with groceries as the area impacted most. This is why dollar stores are the fastest-growing retail segment in America. And it's because people are going there to buy their groceries. That's where we are. That's where we are. Coming up, I've got some great audio from RFK last night to put things in perspective. And then we'll get into the, uh, the slave curricula debate. This is really fascinating stuff. And you're going to love this professor. He just, it just brilliant, just brilliant takedown of the Democrat Party. The number is 800-922-6680. This is a Wednesday edition of The Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson show, and we have a special guest at the bottom of the hour. Senator Ron Johnson will be joining us. I am really looking forward to uh, talking to this warrior for the truth in Congress. It's uh, he's done a remarkable job. He's been very steadfast, uh, you know, suffering uh, all wilting attacks and being outspent in his Senate run and still getting it. So Ron Johnson will uh, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Nobody's believing Joe Biden uh, as he touts Bidenomics. And I know this because um, uh, I've witnessed it. I've been witnessing it for three years, driving through Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Missouri, driving to southwest Iowa a couple times this summer, seeing just the uh, the desperation a lot of small towns in America, while people in Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area are uh, living high on the hog, high on the hog. This is RFK last night. He did a town hall with uh, Sean Hannity talking about the middle class. And these are the things that, you know, we, we normally associate the Democrat Party with wine and complaining about this and that and, you know, uh, racism, you're a racist and, you know, CRT is cool and transgender kids are fine. Let them cut their penises off with their little boys and all this crap. And he's really talking about the things that impact people and he's telling the truth. I've seen um, not only the social and economic uh, deprivation that now exists in this country that's like what I saw in Latin America when I was a kid and I never dreamed I'd see it in this country. Yes. 57% of Americans can't put their hands on $1,000 if they have an emergency. How scary is that? Yeah, but if you're in San Francisco, all you got to do is go into Walgreens and steal 1000 bucks worth of stuff and sell it on the street. 35% of, our, our, of people in this country do not make enough money to pay for basic human needs. For, for Listen to that again. 35% of us. Scary is that. 35% of, our, our, of people in this country do not make enough money to pay for basic human needs for, for transportation, Unbelievable. housing, and food. So they have to make choices every day. They have to listen to the baby crying in the, in the room next door and have to wonder whether that baby is $30 sick or $40 or $200 sick before they bring him to a hospital. When I was out of work, not that long ago, I forgot I had to not do dental care. And I ended up having to have a tooth removed, a bunch of stuff done. Because I, you know, would have rather fed my kids than worried about that crown that came off. 
And, and, and this is, you know, six, seven years ago, not very long ago. But it's, it's something that people face every day. I've never heard it. Uh, I've never heard in, in many years it uh, uh, articulated in that fashion by a Democrat. Joe Biden always talks about my dad sitting around the table when I was bid, and he was trying to figure out how to pay the bills. And then there was this black kid at the swimming pool, and he rubbed his hands on my legs. And I was like, oh, my God, hey, I'm getting excited. You know, whatever. Uh, nobody cares. Here's a little more from uh, RFK. Nobody wants to live on the government dole. We don't have free market capitalism in this country. We have corporate crony capitalism. We have a... Yeah, we do. We have a... Don't believe me? Look who got rich in the last couple of years. We have a, uh, we have a system of, of cushy socialism for the super rich. Oh, yes. It's uh, brutal... And what does that mean? A brutal, savage, merciless capitalism for the poor. And it's all designed to strip mine the middle class of this country of all of their equity, all of their assets, and move it to the upper echelons. Yeah. And we've seen it. This is Robert Kosowak, or Kiyosak, I should say. Uh, he is an economist talking about what America has become. And it's real. Leave this guy Biden. I mean, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. What he's, you know, his very first act, the very first day, was to cancel the um, Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, I remember the moment that? he cut that pipeline, I'm selling oil at $30 a barrel. The next day was $130 a barrel. So the good news is, I'm getting extremely rich, but he's crushing the middle class. And by crushing the middle class, we come to a two-class society, yep. rich and poor. Oh, yes. And that's the basis of revolution. Whoa, 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 Who's been saying uh, bourgeois proletariat? Oh, this guy right here, thank you very much. I've been saying we've been becoming two classes, and now we have a Bastille in Washington, D.C. And the next thing would be there have to be uh, beheadings. And when I say beheadings, I mean uh, the heads of the agencies be removed. Uh, not, not their heads physically off their shoulders, but people like uh, Alejandro Mayorkas need to be summarily fired. The DHS needs to be completely eliminated. I mean, even the stationery, even using it as printer paper, it has to go away. Uh, the FBI needs to be downsized by like 50%. All of the people at the upper echelons of power need to be fired. Everybody at the C CDC, all of the heads of the CDC, the DHS, the H. HHS, the FBI, the DOJ, Merrick Garland needs to be impeached. Uh, I can go on and on and on. But it's very clear, and I've said this, and you can feel that we've become two classes, can't you? I said it when Barack Obama was the president. I said, we're living a tale of two cities, man. We're living a tale of two cities. I remember they did a government shutdown, and government employees had two weeks off, three weeks off, and they got paid. America isn't that way. You and I, we suffer. When economic turmoil happens, when inflation happens, you and I suffer. And we have suffered greater than any time I've ever seen. And that sets the stage for the revolution I've been talking about, which is not violent. It's not a violent revolution at all. It is uh, time to turn back to common sense from nonsense and save the country. Senator Ron Johnson is next. I wouldn't go anywhere if I was you. This is going to be awesome. We are waiting for a call from Senator Ron Johnson. 
He's uh, very busy, obviously. And, and I got to tell you, I don't know how senators and congressmen, uh, you know, like Rand Paul and Ron Johnson and, and all of the others uh, find the time to do all of this. Uh, it is uh, pretty remarkable. We, we expect a lot of them. I know that we give, uh, we give people in Washington a lot of heat, and there are a lot of scumbags in Washington. There are a lot of good people in Washington. And, uh, and I believe Ron Johnson is one of them. So uh, we're waiting for the phone call. We know that uh, the majority of Americans believe that uh, Joe Biden's economic policies are bad. 57% of us believe that Biden is not leading the country in the right economic direction. Inflationary pressures hitting everybody. Uh, home prices in the toilet. If you want to buy a home, I should say home sales in the toilet. Home prices are, you know, used to be 250 Now they're 400 for the average home in America. Interest rates high. So if you're depending on your home for your retirement or you're depending on, you know, whatever retirement savings you have to get to your retirement, you, you need to consider diversifying. You need to consider adding some precious metals to your portfolio because they always have value. And gold always performs in a high inflation environment. At least that's the history of it. Swiss America has an A-plus rating from the BBB. You can get educated on protecting your assets today, and you can get there, report the secret war on cash, which I keep right here. If you can see me on camera, kick, 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 right here. I keep it right here because it's that important. And uh, once you learn about what's going on with cash, currency, inflation, all of the pressures on you and me as we're trying to get to the finish line of our lives, well, call this number or text my name, Rob Carson, to 800-289-2646. Again, the number is 800-289-2646. Learn about what you can do to diversify your portfolio. Precious metals are a great option, okay? 800-289-2646. You get the free war on cash just for calling the number or texting. Just mention Rob Carson. Again, 800-289-2646. Or go to SwissAmerica.com. Slash Carson, SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Message and data rates apply. There you go. So as we wait for uh, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, which should happen uh, momentarily, hopefully, if he has not uh, been swamped by the day's events, I think we should talk about Joe Biden and his dogs. Uh, Joe Biden not only has made the economy suck, he's made his family suck, he's made dogs suck. His dogs have bitten Secret Service agents ten times. Jim Gossett. What's wrong with that doggy named Commander? Rough, rough. This doggy has taken quite a toll. He's bitten ten people at the White House. Rough, rough. This monster Joe cannot control. What's wrong with that doggy named Commander? Rabies. Some say that he might be insane. I have a theory, actually. I think a better explanation. Rough, rough. Is he's high on Hunter's cocaine. Ding, ding, ding. They've got to do something about Commander. Rough, rough. Before he does any more harm. But they should let Sleepy Joe down easy. Say, Commander, now lives on a farm. There you go. Yeah, you know, if I was a uh, Secret Service agent and I had a dog clamped down on my leg, a uh, little Commander would be getting a little tase action or a little bang, bang. I'm just saying. Ten times. The two dogs that the Bidens have had have, have attacked the Secret Service agent, severely sent at least one of them to, uh, to the hospital. And I, and I have a theory. 
what are the uh, uh, the best guard dogs in America, in the world, right? Didn't it used to be the German Shepherd? Do you ever watch uh, Hogan's Heroes? Not a good example because LeBeau, he used to feed the dogs, and so the dogs, you know, they were cool with him and everything. But, uh, but German Shepherds, right? Aren't German Shepherds the ones that you keep uh, on the perimeter, you know, just in case, all of that? That's what they're known for, you know? I'm thinking maybe Hunter uh, taught the dogs to protect his cocaine stash. This is just my, my theory that uh, this is why the, the Secret Service agents have no clue why the dog just suddenly lunged at them. I'm thinking maybe, just thinking out loud here, that uh, one of the dogs or one of the, no, one of the Secret Service agents um, got too close to his stash. You know, that's why uh, drug uh, dealers, they, they keep uh, uh, guard dogs outside of their, uh, their uh, growing regions in the Colombian forest. So maybe, maybe that's the reason. So you heard uh, uh, Kamala Harris the other day. She's uh, screaming about the new curriculum standards on black history in Florida. And she's saying that uh, the curricula says that uh, enslaved people benefited from slavery. Now, this is a lie. It's an absurdity. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. And, and now we're getting to a point in our country where we realize it's utterly ridiculous. It really is. It's, just, it's so stupid that it's falling on deaf ears. But here she is trying to raise the temperature, and I think one of the reasons she's trying to raise the temperature is because she knows that Joe Biden is not going to make it to the end of his term. I've said this forever. Now everybody's saying it. And she's like, don't forget me. Now I'm a really good leader. I know, no, no. So here she is. Listen to her. Here, here she is. Hold on one second. Here she is. And while they do this, check it out. They push forward revisionist history. Oh, really? Like, um, I don't know, everything Democrats have tried to do, like tearing down statues and getting rid of Christopher Columbus, etc.? Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. Yeehaw. Yay. Yeah, Kamala Harris, she's so smart. This is CNN uh, attempting to further blow up a non-story. Look, it, it, is, it is shocking to me, Caitlin, that in 2023, I have to say this. There, is no, there was no upside to slavery. Slavery was not a jobs program. And also... Yeah, nobody, nobody said that, you buffoon. Ron DeSantis just showed his lack of leadership by acting like it was somebody else's fault and not something that was done on his watch. Here is, here is the reality. If you're going to talk about how uh, African-Americans, despite being treated like, like property, despite having zero freedoms or, or zero... No, no, there was no despite at all. There were scholars black scholars in charge of assembling the curricula and their uh guiding light was truth the cnn and kamala harris are taking a uh something out of context to blow up a narrative that doesn't exist that's what it's all about and and honestly it doesn't take a smart person to figure this out and god knows kamala harris is not a smart person but i i did see an interesting interview with dr william allen he is a scholar who was among the 13 experts who crafted the standards for public schools and i want you this is this is brilliant this is a i, I would love to take a class from this gentleman because he is uh, he is remarkable
And, and, and like so many things that the, the Democrat Party has done to erase women, uh, whether it be uh, female athletics making uh, Rachel Levine the woman of the year, even though she's only been a woman for a year, you know, stuff like that, letting, uh, you know, seniors in college change gender so they can beat women. Uh, and I can go on and on. Well, women being erased in beauty pageants, women being erased here and there, uh, you know, chest feeding. I can go on and on. But they're doing the same to the black, black history in this country. They they did it with um, they did it with uh, saying that you have no chance in this country of making it as a black person because of institutional racism, which effectively erases the greatest history of black people in the history of the world. People who anyone 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 um, appreciates and uh, holds dear, like Martin Luther King Jr. Um, like Rosa Parks, like Michael Jordan, like Miles Davis, like I can go on and on and on, at Frederick Douglass, on and on and on. And when you say that slaves just, just performed indentured servitude and suffered, you're erasing their history. You are saying that all they did was be slaves. You might as well forget the names, too. Just forget the names. All they were were slaves. That's what the Democrat Party's doing. Here is Dr. William Allen. This is absolutely amazing. It is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslavement. But what ABC didn't air was this. Only criticism I've encountered so far is a single one that was articulated by the vice president and which was an error. As I stated in my response to the vice president, it was categorically false. It was never said that slavery was beneficial to Africans. What was said, and anyone who reads this will see this with clarity, it is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive. Not just victims. And were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslavement. Not only that, they were slaves, but their work and their knowledge and what they were able to do despite it all still impacts us in myriad ways every single day, including music, including food, including agriculture, they were able to rise above their servitude and learn and, and do things to prove that they were above the people who had enslaved them. Here's more from Dr. William Allen. And this curriculum is devoted to telling the truth, whereas Kamala Harris has retailed a lie. Now, it may only have been a falsehood the first time she stated it, but when you repeat a falsehood, it becomes a lie. Well, permit me to have Frederick Douglass tell her. He wrote an autobiography. Listen to the words of Frederick Douglass. In which he described how the mistress of his slave owner began to teach him to read. Huh. She pulled back the curtain through which a glimmer of light shone before the master forced her to close it. But that glimmer of light was enough for Frederick Douglass to illumine a bright flame that he exploited to his benefit and his country's benefit thereafter. That is remarkable. 
Such examples are numerous and they are retailed in the stories of people who suffered the indignity of slavery yes. time and again. And quickly permit me to say, what this curriculum is about is having people who live the experience, who live the history, Listen. tell their stories. Yes. And nothing is more important than that we never, ever erase the stories that the people who live the stories tell. No one has a right to interpret before first understanding the stories as the people who lived them understood them themselves. Or propping yourself up because of one line in curricula that you could make political, which was nonsense. She tried to distill everything into one soundbite, and she thought she could get away with it. Here is one more soundbite from Dr. William Allen. This is just, this man is amazing. Well, there are certainly academics who call it into contest. Whether you would consider Heather Cox Richardson an academic or not may be questionable, but she has at great length questioned it. But her questioning is as irrelevant as Kamala Harris's falsehood, even though she correctly cites the sentence that was called into question. Why? Because what is being done here is the attempt to create stories for our time and impose them on people yes. who told their stories in their own time, yes. thereby erasing their stories. And that means my story, by the way. Because after all, my great-grandfather came to this country through fraudulent inducement, looking for opportunity only to find himself a slave. But he had the pluck to seek opportunity. And that pluck that he brought with him yes. provided the skills, provided the initiative that allowed him post-slavery to establish his family securely. And this is the story of millions of people. Those stories must be told as the people who lived them experienced them. And no one should be allowed to erase those stories. Doesn't that just make what Kamala Harris said so just petty and awful? I mean, you know... I'm not meaning in any way, shape, or form to compare my life to being a slave. So just, you know, shut up if you're saying that. When I was a kid, I grew up working fields starting at age 10, uh, you know, and I, and I made $3.35 an hour. I wasn't, you know, obviously a slave. Uh, you know, ridiculous. Um, but uh, I chose between 10 and 20-ish uh, to learn from what I had to go through. I learned uh, how to take care of animals. I learned how to uh, till soil, how to fertilize soil, how to uh, literally like uh, in, in uh, plants in the garden, do things with the garden that you could make the, uh, the, the your, you know, your increase your yield. Uh, you know, when I worked selling cars, I, I, I could have just gone through it. Got a, I learned some valuable skills there as well. Um, so if you are, you know, if you are a person who, who uh, realizes that there is a hope and there is a future, you make the most out of what you got, and that's what I believe slaves did. And we can still see it echoed throughout our society, their suffering and what they brought to us that still exists today. And Kamala Harris wants to erase it. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Well, just listen to that bumper music right there. Where do you think that came from? Where do you think that came from? That rhythm came from people who work in fields. That that uh, that sound. You can you can look at uh, jazz and you can look at blues. Segueing into rock. That started out as people working in fields, and that was the way they got through it. 
And and honestly, and and uh, for for Kamala Harris, who 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 uh, you know only claims her black heritage when it's uh, you know strategic and when it benefits her politically. Uh, she's half Indian too. She never says anything about in, being Indian. But this is interesting, and I'm only going to spend a little bit more. And I want to be esoteric about this, but but it's something I've been thinking about for a long time. Kamala Harris says that this new curricula in uh, Florida is uh, says that slaves uh, benefited from being slaves. And it's nonsense. Here is Dr. William Allen. Listen to this quote. Why? Because what is being done here is the attempt to create stories for our time and impose them on people who told their stories in their own time, thereby erasing their stories. Yeah, and that's what we do. We, uh, we look at our present times for a gauge to uh, condemn the actions of the past. This is Bill Maher. I've been sitting on this for a while. This is Bill Maher about a month ago talking about what's called presentism, which is what the left does. They want to erase history because they want to ascribe today's standards to those of the past. But slavery throughout history has been the rule. Not the exception. Being woke is like a magic moral time machine where you judge everybody against what you imagine you would have done in 1066 and you always win. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Presentism. Yeah, this professor is right. It's just a way to congratulate yourself about being better than George Washington yes. because you have a gay friend and he didn't. That is fantastic. That, that is really fantastic. That's the left. That's what the left does. This is Victor uh, Davis Hanson talking about uh, presentism versus what was actually happening in the world uh, 100 or 200 years ago. Every generation, none more than our own, suffers from a pernicious presentism. The arrogance that those now alive have created the most prosperous period in history. The result is that too often we judge a materially poorer past by the same contemporary standards of an affluent and leisured present. Those who study history can avoid these fallacies. Aside from the fact that the present is the beneficiary of the accumulated intellectual, moral, and scientific contributions of the past, proper knowledge of the hardship of prior ages ah. teaches us the value of humility. Yes. To take just one possible example, it might be an easy thing to chronicle what seems to us prejudices recorded among the wagoneers on the Oregon Trail in the 1840s. Bunch of Indian killers! It is quite another to imagine how the trailblazers struggled to survive one more day in an age without effective medicines, labor-saving machines, or adequate shelter. Yeah, that's all right. They were all homophobes or something. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, I, I, I hope uh, I, I thank you for indulging me on that. I just I feel like um, this has always been near and dear to me. And uh, I get so tired. Uh, literally uh, 30 years ago when I was a kid in Columbia, Missouri, I get, you know, kept hearing racism, racism, racism. I said sooner or later, it's going to fall on deaf ears and it's meaningless because the left just uses the word racism. And honestly, it's meaningless uh, unless you consider what's happened. All right, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. is the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, and uh, this is the last hour of it. <clears throat> Pardon me. So a lot of things have happened today. Uh, Hunter Biden was uh, to uh, uh, get his plea deal accepted in uh, court in Delaware, and it was rejected. 
He was rejected. His plea deal, you know, he's going to get a slap on the wrist for, uh, you know, uh, not paying taxes on several million dollars of ill-gotten gains from uh, our political foes uh, because he was selling influence and selling his proximity to his father. And then, of course, there's the gun charge. He was smoking crack. And he lied on a federal gun form, which has sent a lot of people to jail over the years. In fact, I would venture to say tens of thousands of people to jail over the years. And uh, Hunter was going to get a little slap on the wrist because he's, uh, he's uh, Percy Biden. He's the, uh, the son of uh, the most corrupt politician that has ever been in the White House. What about Donald Trump? Yeah, seven years of nothing. Okay, there you go. Uh, meanwhile, we are uncovering uh, 30 years of illegality and malfeasance by Joe Biden that the media has dutifully um, ignored for seven years. You see what I mean there? Here is Karim Jean-Pierre asking about uh, the Hunter Biden plea deal that was rejected uh, this morning, and uh, they're going to kick it down the road. One of the uh, the sticking points apparently was uh, the Biden team wanted him to be immune from future prosecution for all the crap he's done, and the judge said, nah. Uh, thank you. Have you uh, seen the president since Hunter Biden showed up in federal court since the deal fell apart? Do have any reaction that he has agreed to allow you to share with us so i'll tell you this um uh, all right let me be clear are you going to be clear now because you never are and i'll repeat this is what i said at the top which is the president loves his son the president and the first lady love their son and they support him as he's rebuilding his and that means nothing life and trying to move forward is he really is he really rebuilding his life because i'd like his hair tested for cocaine just you know just saying want to make sure want to make sure he's he's on the right path uh, i have not spoken to the president today uh, he has been busy continuing to work on behalf of the american people as he does every day with- oh yeah he's working hard i don't think his schedule has anything today uh, uh, nine o'clock this morning, President receives the presidential daily briefing and then the press briefing by Corinne Jean-Pierre. And that's, uh, that's his busy schedule today. So there is that. Here's what uh, CNN is saying this morning. Now more on the breaking news. Hunter Biden's plea deal back on, it appears. Prosecutors and Biden attorneys are in court after agreeing to a slimmed down agreement covering tax crimes drug use, and gun possession. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a scumbag. There you go. He is a filthy, rotten scumbag, and his father is a filthy, rotten scumbag, too. That's what I have to say about that. That is what I have to say. Let's go to Jeff in Ellicott City. How you doing, Jeff? Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, hey. Just, what does she mean, rebuilding his life? Isn't he, like, 50 years old, and he's been a, a coke addict for, <laughs> what, 30, 40 years? I swear to God, really rebuilding his life? Oh dear God! Yeah, nobody cares, right, Jeff? Nobody cares. Uh, he's a he's a bleep hole. That's all we need to know. I don't care about him rebuilding his life. All I care about is his father uh, probably committed uh, crimes of espionage with our enemies, affecting policy. I don't care that he's trying to get his life back. And and listen, it's very rarely that a man who's fifty. 5049 impregnates a stripper uh, after doing uh, uh, coke off other uh, uh, prostitutes rear ends and then uh, and then videotaping it. So as far as rebuilding build, rebuilding your life, I don't think he's that committed to it, Jeff. No. And, oh. and as far as 4473, I I own several businesses, one of which is a uh, uh, a firearms dealer and 
I actually had someone, the, the state police, they did a sting because I reported a potential straw purchase. So they, they lied on 4473. They came out, they arrested all three people in my shop. This was about 10 years ago. And they all got prosecuted. They didn't get the full $250,000 fine in the 10 years in jail. But I think the main culprit, I think he got a year. And then the other two people got, got like $50,000 fine. So, you know, people are prosecuted on that, uh, you know, for lying on 4473. Yeah, well, and, and you as a, I would imagine it's not very easy to run a business that retails uh, firearms and ammunition. The government probably makes it uh, hell for you, writing tail, particularly since this administration really, really hates the Second Amendment. So, which makes the fact that they want to excuse this, uh, this charge against Hunter Biden even more insulting to average people and gun shop owners, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I get audited, and, uh, you know, they're always making sure I can cross every T and dot every I, and if I don't, you know, I get, you know, they, I, I don't get severely penalized, but they, they kind of make you feel bad that you miss dotting an I. Yeah, and you know what? That's what they do, and that's only going to get worse. Uh, we've seen this with uh, gun shops being raided, uh, looking for sales records, not necessarily other records. I've, I've heard stories of that. Uh, we've also seen what the Joe Biden plans for the IRS, which is to basically go after uh, every American. I, I, would, I can only assume since they targeted conservatives, going after conservatives' tax returns so they can find if an I wasn't dotted or a T wasn't crossed, and then persecute those people to the full extent of the law exactly the main reason the, the, the original that i called in for kind of you were talking about last hour is uh slavery benefiting uh you know today's current black population which i actually wrote a term no. paper on this i wrote talking a about, paper no, on it jeff, last semester jeff yeah. not just not just black america america their, right. Right. their servitude and the knowledge that they were able to compile, the things they're able to learn and pass on to the next generations, still resonate it, to all of us. Exactly. But, and, but uh, uh, Professor Walter Williams said, said this yes. many times, that if it wasn't for slavery, the vast majority of the black population either, A, would never have been born, or they would have been born on the continent of Africa living in some grass hut right now. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, I, I uh, would not say that we have a net positive <laughs> with regard to the Institute of Slavery, but I, but I do believe that they, the, the slaves, <clears throat> they, um, I, I think more than any group in our history, they show the possibility of being able to overcome. Uh, they do. They do. Because uh, nobody in this country has suffered like those who were enslaved. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of suffering. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of suffering, a lot of economic suffering by, by everyone in this country, okay. by Italians, by, by Chinese, by, by Irish. Uh, and I could go on and on. But, but th there is no group that turned their involuntary servitude into some, a powerful legacy that has impacted all of us. Absolutely. Exactly. Thanks for the call. You know, when I was a kid, and this is back in the 1970s, here in Uncle Rob's going to tell you a story. I remember when I was in choir, I was in elementary school, we used to learn uh, the songs that slaves sang. Uh, swing low, sweet chariot, come afford to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, come along. I looked over yonder, and what did I see? Come afford to carry me home. A band of angels coming after me, coming afford to carry me home. 
I learned that in elementary school. I didn't say, hey, that's one of them songs with them slaves. Uh, I sure wish we still had slavery. Uh, Here, you know, I'm going to take my white hood off. I'm going to sing at the choir concert because, you know, I'm a member of the KKK and I'm a white supremacist. No, it was it was their songs. Good news, chariots are coming. Good news, chariots are coming. Good news, chariots are coming, and I don't want to be left behind. I'm a white boy from Iowa, and I knew those songs. It was it was powerful to me. And you know, I'll, I'll get criticized, but you know, when I was a kid, I, I, we watched Sesame Street. I saw black kids, white kids. I didn't care. We watched the Jeffersons. We watched. Uh, we watched All in the Family. We watched Sanford and Son. My family. My dad's a white World War II veteran. We watched Sanford and Son. He loved Fred Sanford. He never said, oh, "That black guy right there, he lives in the garbage." You know, God darn big black people. Blah, blah, blah. I hate black people. Never did that. It was people. We were just people. We just, you know, we lived together. And uh, and all of this falter all about racism, race division, all this has been created by uh, the left, by people like Kamala Harris who want to divide us. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember when I was getting, I'm going to the, and, and listen, pardon me for being a white kid from Iowa. But I remember this series that came on television called Alex Haley's Roots. And that was a life-changing experience for me. I mean, we watched every night, watched Roots, and we learned names like Kunta Kinte and Chicken George. I still remember that. And we didn't look at it like celebrating, man, I sure wish we were returning to the old days of slavery, man. Oh, God dang, man, I wish we had some black people working for us for free. No. We went, oh. I mean, slavery's taught in textbooks, but nothing makes it real like a theatrical production like this, since we can't witness this in person. And I also might mention slavery is bigger than it is, bigger now than it ever has been. And slavery is even existing in this country right now. It exists in this country. It is. Sexual slavery, uh, child sex trafficking, it's just under a different name. I saw this thing, uh, Kathy Hochul, she's doing a bill. They want to they protect sex workers. They want to give them insurance and dental health and all that stuff. And, okay, fine. But those are women. Those, you know, we make fun of, and I'm just going to use the expression, hoes. Oh, yeah, they're just hoes. Really? No, they're women. They're women who many of them are entrapped. Many of them are addicted. Many of them are suffering beyond what we could ever imagine. You just, maybe you're on a bad part of the city and you see the, you know, the news footage of somebody standing on a street corner or whatever, and you just call them a name. Those are people. Those are people. It's like, the, it's like the people who are dying of drug overdoses in San Francisco. I saw the video of a 19-year-old kid. Could have been my son. Has holes in his skin from this new drug coming from China. And then a lot of people, eh, they're druggies, they're homeless. They're people. They're people. This is Tim Ballard. He's uh, created this, uh, this beautiful movie. It's called Sound of Freedom. And it's about child sex trafficking that's happening. I want to know why the left in this country is trying to tear down this movie. Here is uh, Tim Ballard. So CNN had a guest that said the film was creating like a moral panic. Um, so do you, are these players, establishment media, like why do you think that they're pushing this agenda? Why, are they aware of what they're doing? It's bizarre because I think they are aware because those same outlets, Rolling Stone, MSNBC, CBS, CNN, uh, uh, they all, The Guardian, they all posted and wrote glowing stories about the operation that happened on October 11th. Yeah, CBS 60 Minutes did a story on it when he rescued 100 kids. 2014, they applauded it. 
They said that we were good guys. They said, congratulations, you rescued children. Eight years later, those same outlets are pretending that didn't happen. Because this is not QAnon. They want to say, oh, it's QAnon, don't see it. What's QAnon? I, for- yeah, nobody knows what QAnon is. There is no QAnon. There's not a badge for QAnon. There's not a little card you carry in your wallet for QAnon. There's not a secret handshake for QAnon. It's made up. Meanwhile, um, Antifa is real. So I don't know what that is, really. Second of all, this film was produced, written, and done before, like six years ago, before anyone even knew what QAnon was. <laughs> so they're lying about it. Yes. yes. Um, they're changing their story. Why? They want to pretend it's not happening. Why? And I really believe the motive is they don't want to have a conversation. When you let a kid consent to doing anything outrageous, like what? then you're going to have to let them consent to whatever. Identify- oh, so wait, wait. You're saying that if you let a kid consent to changing their gender before they're going through puberty, they might open the door to something? Really? I as a 30-year-old to have sex with a 40-year-old pedophile. Pen- it's not again. happening. And I really believe the motive is they don't want to have a conversation. When you let a kid consent to doing anything outrageous, uh, then you're going to have to let them consent uh, to whatever. Identifying as a 30-year-old to have sex with a 40-year-old pedophile. Huh. They know that this is going to shine a light on all of their agenda that they've been working on so for so long. Wow. And they're, getting, they're making progress. So they'd rather just pretend none of it's happening. And it's easier just to say, well... Maybe sex with kids isn't even that big a deal after all. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where they're going now. Oh, yeah. That's what it seems like, right? And we're just not going to have any more of it. All right. Let's take a break and come back. The number, by the way, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. I love me some Audio Slave. That is my... uh, One of my favorite bands of all time, Audio Slave, Chris Cornell. Favorite singer of all time. Uh, this side of Robert Plant and Freddie Mercury. Oh, oh, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger's 80 years old today. Can you believe this? Mick Jagger is 80 years old. Dear God, I wish he was president. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Joe Biden's age. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's that. Oh, President Trump is fighting back, by the, uh, by the way. He's urging you to get a copy of the best-selling book by David Horowitz. Uh, President Trump says America faces its final battle in 2024. I agree. And in the final battle, David Horowitz warns of deep state efforts to stop Trump. They're very, very, by the way, obvious at this point. Mike Huckabee says every American needs to prepare by getting David Horowitz's final battle. We had Mike on the show on Tuesday, or Tuesday, yes, no, Monday. Check out the free offer if you want a copy of the book. Save 30 bucks. Go to finalbattle611.com, finalbattle611.com for a a free book, and I think you'll uh, enjoy it. LeBron's, uh, LeBron James' son, Brony, or Bronny, suffered cardiac arrest during a workout at USC. Now, uh, cardiac arrest is not a heart attack. I'll just tell you this. And you know why I know? Are you ready? Because I had a heart attack. I did, yeah, when I was 30, 31. And, and the reason being is I had a strep throat, and I uh, had a 104-degree temperature. And I uh, either had a blood clot or threw a, a, a spasm of a vessel of my heart. So um, a heart attack is when you have a restriction of the blood flow to a part of the heart. And generally what happens is that portion of the heart dies. Now, the amazing thing about your heart is that the heart continues to live on many of the times because what it does is create scar tissue. So the, the, heart of the, the, the part of the heart that dies becomes scar tissue. Uh, anyway, so it's different than a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is when your heart stops. It's much worse. Oh, depending on the severity of your heart attack. I'm not going to claim to be an expert. 
This is I'm I'm a guy. I went from bench pressing 350 pounds to having to carry. Uh, 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 what was it? The stuff you not no. I'm thinking of nitrous oxide. Um, uh, uh, help me out here. It's the stuff that explodes. The liquid stuff that explodes. Why did John blank on it? God, I just can't even. I carried it with my damn pocket for a year. Um, anyway. Nitroglycerin, yes, nitroglycerin. Thank you, uh, Brian. It's nitroglycerin. You're thinking, okay, like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, the little vial that you throw in and it explodes. No, it, you put a little, uh, you've got to carry a little tablet in your pocket in a jar, and it's, not, it's called nitro, it's nitroglycerin. And what it does is it causes your, the, your arteries of your heart and your blood vessels to suddenly go and open up. That's what it does to your body. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, this is what happened to Bronny James. He suffered a cardiac arrest. His heart stopped. This is ridiculous. This is what happened to the football player earlier this year. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny, take him to the hospital. He's now in stable condition, no longer in ICU. So uh, there is this. Um, they said that he had a Code 3 status, uh, which is used for serious emergencies, requires lights and sirens. He's 18 years old, and he's going to play college basketball. He's committed to USC. But there is the possibility he may not be able to, to play again. Uh, we're waiting on this. Uh, I'm not going to get into, um, you know, what it's all about because I don't have all the uh, I don't have all the facts. But I know what you're thinking. Okay, so I'll wait on it. You know, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's not very often that a an 18 year old suffers a cardiac arrest. There's a whole lot of that going on. Just kind of weird. Just kind of weird that way. Um, let me see what else I want to get here before we go to the break. No, I'm going to hold on to it. Coming up, I've got uh, uh, new, and this is about time. So a couple of years of this nonsense, transgender athletes competing with men, all right, and it, and it is nonsense, and it's ruining uh, uh, women's lives and careers. Uh, apparently, the World Aquatics Association, they've decided to change their minds about this. We're going to get into that. Um, and then also, that's a gender confusion update is what we have. And then also, uh, they are uh, excluding men uh, 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 women born men. I know it's it's confusing. Women <laughs> born men, which you know has never existed ever until this year. Uh, women are not going to be allowed to be a beauty pageant contestants, and the percentage of transgendered individuals who suffer serious health and sexual side effects for the rest of their lives may convince you to reconsider your thoughts about children changing their gender. And if it doesn't, then you should never have children. And if you have children, they should probably be adopted. So anyway, that's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Got a transgender update coming up. A, a trans confusion update is what it is. Uh, you know, I mentioned that uh, a lot of the media are ignoring Sound of Freedom, um, much to their uh, uh, peril, I believe, because it's uh, a wave sweeping over the country um, in a time where 85,000 children have been illegally trafficked across our southern border, and we know what that's for. Uh, it's going on, and despite Mika Brzezinski saying that it's not, and, you know, because she's uh, not very smart. 
but we know it's happening. It's happening all over. Um, you know, I just read a story. Uh, a, a child that was being sex trafficked left a note. I don't have it in front of me right now. And uh, uh, an observer noticed it, called authorities, was rescued from uh, bondage and possible death. But it is happening. There's no doubt that it's happening. And, and there is no doubt also that it's happening uh, in a much larger fashion with all of the illegals coming across the southern, particularly those who are unaccompanied. And how do they pay back their uh, their... Uh, their fee to bring across the border. Well, the little girls became prostitutes and the little boys become drug meals. Or, you know, either, either. So that is happening in the, uh, in the country. And, uh, and then also, at the same time, we've got uh, sick um, propaganda being taught to children, sexualization of our children. And there's no doubt about this. There's no doubt about this. And, and anyone who would defend uh, a book that you can't read on the radio because it's uh, graphically sexual for an elementary school library, uh, there's something wrong with you. you. You really need, if you're down with that politic, political angle, if you're going to defend it, uh, after you read one of these books, you're going to defend that. You got a problem. You you got a real problem. I got some audio. This is a, a guy who was uh, in front of a, a California school board, and he uh, decided to read one of the passages from a book that uh, conservatives don't want in the library. And I want you to listen to the school board reacting. Sperm comes out of the tip of the and makes Pastor, it wet. Can we, sir? I'm sorry. I was it something I said. If you don't want to hear it in a school board meeting, why should children be able to check it out of the school system? Boom! Perverts that are perverting our kids. And you all sit back smug in your chairs, but you don't want me to read it. Why? Does it bother you? Yes or no? You can't answer that question. You want to know why? Because politically speaking, you can't say that it's wrong. And you don't want me to read the filth because it exposes the truth. How dare you tell me to stop reading it? If you don't want to hear it, why should the children have to see it? That's a great uh, point. Sorry for the overmodulation. It was a little loud because of the recording. But yeah, why would a school board not embrace a parent reading a book that's available to the children? Why not read uh, James and the Giant Peach? Why not read Where the Wild Things Are? Why not read The Lawn Boy, where it talks about a young boy performing a sex act on an older man? Why not? It's in the library. I mean, honestly, every one of the, uh, the school board members who prevents someone from reading books that are in children's libraries that you can't read on the radio, they all need to be removed from the school board. That's it. Do you, do you, want, do you not understand this? I mean, if I go to the, if I, if I were a congressman and I stepped up, uh, uh, you know, when I was speaking in the well of the house and I decided to read porn, don't you suppose I'd be stopped? And this isn't about children. It really is ridiculous. And listen to this. So in Chino, California, school board, they decided to uh, speak out and vote against the California curricula, which allows children and uh, academics, uh, uh, teachers, um, principals, and whatnot to be able to keep their child's sexual identity, if they're changing it, from their parents. I can think of something no more profound and personal than that, that should the parents need to know about it. But this is what Marxists do. They get children to pledge allegiance to the state above the parents.
and uh, you know, and they're using this as the latest example. You know, your mommy and daddy, they uh, they don't understand you. You know, I I know I know that the reason why that you're so troubled right now is not because of what we did. Uh, you know, during the last couple of years of uh, of COVID, um, so um, I think it's because you're in the wrong body. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I'm gonna we're gonna change your pronoun. Then, what what name would you like if you're you know you're a little boy but you'd like to be a little girl? Well, what name would you like? Okay, let's keep that between you and me. Huh? That's what's happening. Well, this school board said that no, and uh, California State Superintendent Tony Thurmond came to a school board meeting and uh, was not greeted in a very positive fashion. In fact, the school board president, Sonia Shah, Shaw, I should say, responded to his uh, complaints about wanting to get rid of this sexualized curricula out of schools. Listen to this woman. This is so good. This is a school board president taking down a California state superintendent of schools. This is epic. And it's slightly overmodulated, but uh, it is absolutely glorious. You had a chance to come and talk to me, Tony. By all means, you had a chance to come talk to me. Why was it so important for you to walk with my opponent? You are the very reason why we're in this. May I have, as a point of order, as the board point president... Of order, this is not your meeting. You may have a seat, because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. Boom! Sit. I get a point of order? You're not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You will, not, you will not bully us here in Chino. Oh, man. Please see. Point of order. Point We're going to take order. a five-minute break. That is fantastic. That is epic. And that's what should happen at every one of these bloody school board meetings where school board members defend this crap. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Well, it looks, looks male. Gender confusion. Hey, hey. I was just checking. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Oh, my God. So the uh, World Aquatics has set up an open category for transgender athletes. The international body that covers swimming competitions has partially reversed a transgender athlete ban by announcing a new open category that would allow transgender athletes to compete. Well, duh! So, yeah, the World Aquatics president, Hussein Al-Masalam, said the debate over transgender athletes is a very complex topic, but our sport must be open to everybody. I'm delighted to tell you we are now making plans for the first trial of an open category, which is anybody who is transgender. Now, here's the only negative about the transgender category. The athletes who were born male are going to kick the born females butts all over the place. That's the only thing. That's, that's the only negative, is that the athletes born a- male won't be able to compete against women and cur- you know, beat the crap out of them, uh, but they can compete with uh, men born women, and they'll still beat the crap out of them. So there's that. Other than that, there's no difference between the sexes. No, no, no not, uh, not any difference at all between the sexes there. Nothing. No. And then, of course, there is uh, this. I'll go ahead. I'll play this first. This is uh, uh, Miss Netherlands uh, actually had a, a winner for the Miss Universe pageant, uh, a man uh, who became a woman. And uh, Miss Italy has said, no, nah, we're not going to do that here. We're not going to do that. Not, uh, not beauty pageants. Nah, we're going to have a penis detector. There he is. Ding, ding, ding. He's Miss Netherlands. Yeah, you can't compete. The penis detector went on. There he is. 
He's a god. It's like a metal detector. Is that a gun the in your pocket? The dreams what? of a million girls were more than broken. Masculinity went unspoken. And Ricky turned out to be a sign of our woke society. Cause there he is. Jim Gossett. He's Miss Netherlands. Netherlands. To accept the win. Ever see the crying game? That took stone. Well, it's the swimsuit competition this With year. With so many beauties, it doesn't seem fair. Perhaps the others should grow up pair. Cause trans he is. <laughs> yes. With all his fans he is. With fans he is. And extra glams he is. There's two of them. He's Miss Netherlands. All right, so Miss Italy has, uh, not her, uh, the person, uh, but the Miss Italy pageant has banned transgender contestants from taking part in the beauty contest. Uh, lately, beauty contests have been trying to make the news by also using strategies that I think are absurd, according to uh, uh, Miss Italy official patron, or patron uh, Patrizia Miragliani. Uh, Miss Italia, on the other hand, will not jump on the glittery bandwagon of trans activism. So apparently, no meatballs and sausage in the Miss Italy contest. Yeah, I'm just throwing a little food lingo in there because, you know, I love Italian food. <clears throat> Since it was born, my competition has foreseen in its regulation the clarification according to which one must be a woman from birth. Probably because even then it was foreseen that beauty could undergo modifications or that women could undergo modifications or that men could become women. Yeah, not so much. So there you go. So Miss Netherlands will be re <clears throat> represented, I, I should say, by uh, Ricky Valerie Coley, a biological mayor, male. And, you know, I mean, in these pageants, you, you see all sorts of taping and stuff like, the, you know, when you do the... I can't even imagine the, the, the tucking. I mean, honestly. Then there's this. Uh, trans surgery nightmares revealed. 81% endure pain in the five years after gender, cha gender change. More than half say that sex is painful and a third are left incontinent. Other than that, it's great. 81% said they had, uh, who had genital surgery in the past five years, endure pain from moving around in the weeks and months after going under the knife. More than half endure pain during sex. Nearly a third could not control their bladders. One third. If you went in and they told you a procedure that's voluntary, uh, one third of the time you'll be peeing your pants the rest of your life. Would you do that? I'm, just, I'm throwing it out there. I mean, maybe you like that. Whatever. Uh, there's a high percentage of reporting musculoskeletal pain, difficulty moving, pelvic floor dysfunction, apparently, surgically altering male and female genitals to match those of the opposite sex knows as uh, vaginoplasties and phalloplasties are widely understood to be uh, tough and problematic. And by the way, experimental procedure. That's why uh, doing it to children is so evil, and the people who do it need to go to jail forever. Seriously. Lose their medical licenses. I can go on and on. 57% say that sexual in intercourse is painful, as many will never experience an orgasm in their lives. That's kind of uh, I'd say that's kind of a negative. I'd say that's kind of a negative. But that's where we are. That is where we are in this country. So uh, there you go. Uh, Miss Italy will be for uh, dudes, uh, not for dudes, I should say, for, for women. Maybe they can do, listen, I, they, they have, uh, uh, I've been to drag shows. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, men dressed as women, and you're like, damn, you know, uh, they look great. So, you know, I have no problem with uh, men, pageants of uh, men 
uh, who, who identify as women, but as far as uh, competing in women's pageants, here you go again. There you go again, just wrecking women's lives. And I'm not saying beauty pageants. I don't look up at beauty pageants. I'm just not a big fan of them. But uh, honestly, can we just let women be women, exist as women, be proud of women, be proud of femininity, be proud of motherhood? Be pr- I mean, honestly, they didn't get the vote till the 1920s, for God's sake, and now they're doing this. <laughs> it's, it's, a li- it's a little much. It's a little much. All right, I'm going to take a break. Um, I've got a couple more things I want to get to before the end of the show, um, including uh, some things that you can do that I'm doing that will make you live 24 years longer. Uh, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. And, uh, and, uh, and a couple of other things as well, including oh, the, the story about the White House chef, if you haven't heard it. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, uh, back to our story. Here is a look a few moments ago, Hunter Biden leaving the courtroom in Delaware, where he pleaded not guilty to a couple uh, charges uh, related to tax offenses. This was not the way he thought this day would end. He thought, Katrina, that he was going to be going to the microphones talking about a plea deal. Yeah, and said, of course, just moments ago, we saw him do what you just saw there, make a beeline to his SUV. Um, Clearly not what he expected, although Randy, you mentioned that if his lawyers are as professional as we expect they are, they would have warned him this might not be smooth sailing today. Yeah, yeah. one of his lawyers was caught uh, uh, lighting up a bong the other day. So, yeah, he's real professional, real professional. Just uh, give it to me, my, my uh, producer, Brian. Brian says, and I just saw this, Mitch McConnell froze up at the microphone this morning. I uh, had a little health scare. They don't know what happened there. Could be a number of things I won't bother to speculate because I'm not a medical expert. Um, so anyway, there is that. Also, uh, Sinead O'Connor passed away. Sinead O'Connor. Uh, and you know, Sinead O'Connor. She's a singer. Had a couple of hits back in 1989. Tore up a picture of the Pope. You know, yeah, she's, uh, she's no longer with us. She is uh, no longer alive. She was 56 years old. So uh, who knows? Whatever. Not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm sorry. For her and her family. Um, but this morning, I opened the show. And I, I don't want to recap this because a lot of times, like, for, you know, when you, when you listen to radio, you forget that you have a new audience every hour, you know. So uh, Hunter Biden's uh, plea deal fell apart. Um, let me have the story here. There was a story that I read earlier that one of uh, Hunter Biden's representatives may have lied to a court official um, about uh, testimony on Capitol Hill with regard to uh, what happened in the IRS testimony. I don't have it right in front of me right now. It's fairly, it's fairly complex. Uh, I have a feeling we're not we're not being given the whole uh, story here because something very big happened. All right. Something very big happened in that courtroom today. And Hunter Biden was not allowed to skate as easy as I think they had expected him to skate. And I believe it was the judge who said, no, you know what? Uh, There's a lot more going on here and I'm not going to just go ahead and grant this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's the story. Here's the story. And again, I apologize. I'm trying to juggle a whole lot of balls here. Not like, uh, you know, Miss Netherlands. So anyway, here's what I heard earlier today. The court filing at the center of today's dispute came when Representative Jason Smith, the Republican chair of the House Ways and Means, sought to weigh in on the case, encouraged the judge to consider recent claims from IRS whistleblowers. All right? So uh, the claim said that the defendant appears to have benefited from a political interference, which calls into question the propriety of the investigation of the U.S. Attorney's Office. So meaning that all of this stuff would impact the case that he is about to plead guilty on and get a plea deal. And there may be other stuff there. All right. So the judge had the power to reject the plea, and she did. 
after Smith's motion was filed on the public docket, meaning what he just said about the IRS whistleblowers, a member of Hunter Biden's legal team called the court clerk, representing that she worked with Smith's attorney and requested those materials be taken down. Okay? It appears that the caller misrepresented her identity and who she worked for in an attempt to improperly convince the clerk's office to remove the details that Representative Smith had introduced. That's huge! Now, Hunter's lawyers are now saying that this was an unintentional miscommunication. Um, Considering that everything that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have said about all of this has been a massive lie covered up by the DOJ and the IRS and the FBI, I would venture to say that uh, this wasn't a decision by Hunter Biden and his attorneys. I'll, I'll just throw it out there. This is my gut. My gut is usually, uh, even though it is getting decidedly smaller, um, I would believe that uh, there's something very big going on here, very big. I want to mention this because um, uh, one of the things that I've been sharing with you, and I'm going to be posting some photos, uh, not tasteful nudes, don't worry. I'm going to show you some photos of the progress I'm making physically um, because I stopped drinking two years ago. Um, I stopped all junk food and, and crap about a month and a half ago. I've lost 18 pounds. I've gone from 286 pounds to about 245. Still need to get down about 220. Um, and uh, you know, uh, cholesterol's down, blood pressure's down, still working on the blood pressure. Um, but there are some habits you can, I'll post these on social media, you can do as men or women that will add 20, uh, 24 years to your life. So um, these should be very obvious. Uh, being physically active, having never smoked, which, you, by the way, uh, seven years after you quit smoking, generally you're, you're done. I mean, you're, you're, you're healed, your lungs. Good diet, no regular binge drinking, sleep, positive social relationship, stress management. That's what I'm trying to do in my life, too, by the way. And uh, being free of opioid addiction. So those are some of the things. I'm just losing some weight and, uh, and getting healthy and going to the gym. And I will be posting pictures before and after coming soon. Uh, let's take a break, come back and wrap up the show today, shall we? This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, uh, it looks like Mitch McConnell may have had a medical incident. We'll have details on that. Have a great day, guys. God bless you. Till tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. We're going to win. See ya.